Open your Bible to Acts chapter 9. We're going we're gonna to start in verse 1, Acts chapter 9 and verse 1. We've got two, simple, two main thoughts today. Um, and the two main thoughts are this. Number one, be ready for God to change your plans. <laughs> Somebody just said I'm leaving. <laughs> Too late. You already heard it. And the second one is this. You don't ever know who you're praying for. So, those are their thoughts. We're going to look at a couple different passages here in the book of Acts. We're going to keep it pretty simple, I think, uh, this morning. So, Acts chapter 9. This is uh, just right in the middle of the birth of the church. The church has been growing by leaps and bounds. Tons of people have been coming and joining the faith. And then what happens is persecution breaks out. They start getting arrested, and some of them are going to begin to uh, be killed. Stephen, uh, of course, is one of the most famous martyrs in the Bible. It's right before this in chapters, uh, is it 7 and 8? Yeah, in in 7, in chapter 7, and Stephen is killed um, for his faith in Jesus because he refuses to deny him. And uh, we pick it up... uh, in chapter 9, with a guy named Saul. Many of you have heard of him before, uh, I'm sure. So it says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. I want to stop right there and just tell you something that I just thought of as I'm reading that verse. And it's this, notice that when the people of God are being persecuted, Jesus says you're persecuting him. Isn't that interesting? Jesus shows up and didn't say, hey, quit messing with my people. No, he says, you're, you're doing it to me. Basically, that's, that's my people. That's pretty much, that's who I am on earth. That's my body. <laughs> so just know when someone does something to you, they're doing it to Jesus. He's got your back. So the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. So Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. And for three days, he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. 
There's the visions again. For those of you who were here last week for the Poland testimonies, they're all over the Bible too. So get ready, just in case the uh, Lord wants to give you one. Ananias! Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. And verse 13, Ananias says, Lord, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul... The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you, as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again, and he got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. And so here we have the first guy that we're going to look at where his plans change. And it's interesting that he's not following the Lord yet. Saul has a plan. He has a plan to go. I mean, this guy hates people so much. He's like, I'm going to get letters and travel to other cities to find people uh, to lock them up and put them in prison and persecute them. I mean, that's some serious hatred. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, there's like normal hatred. You know, do you all know normal hatred? You're like, no, I'm, I'm a Christian. <laughs> I love everybody. <laughs> Never experienced hate in my life. So, I mean, there's like, you know, where you're just upset, there's anger, and you're you're like, and then there's hatred where you're like, I'm just going to go after this person, you know, they're in another state, and I'm going to move to that state so I can hate on them, okay? And that's, that's that's the level of hatred that Saul is at here. I mean, he's at the level of hatred to track down every single Christian and kill them. I mean, that's, some, that's just some serious issues right there. And so he has a plan. He's got letters. He's got a plan. He's going to go to Damascus. And here's the deal. Sometimes, even when we're not following the Lord, God can still change our plan. He can show up in any place at any time and shine the light and say, Hello, where are you going? <laughs> You're like, I'm not even trying to check in with you, God. <laughs> I'm trying to get away from you. You know, it's kind of like Jonah. You know, Jonah gets out. He's like, I'm going to go in the opposite direction here. I'm going to fool God. Uh, I'm going to fool him. So I'm going to get on a boat because, you know, God can't see boats, apparently. And I'm going to get on the boat. I'm going to hide in the bottom and I'm going to go to sleep. And, you know, he gets out there and suddenly he's a storm. He's like, yep, God found me. You know, uh, I was going the opposite direction. I thought if I, you know, went as far away from possible of where you were going to send me that you would just leave me alone. And he's like, no, you, you just can't get away. And Jonah's like, you know, we know the story of Jonah. Jonah goes into the fish and et cetera, goes back and does what God says begrudgingly and still doesn't really like what God told him to do. And so, you know, Saul here has a change of heart where he is turned around, he is transformed, he is changed, he is, he's gone from hate to love in just a few days. 
You know, when you run into the most hateful person that you've ever met, it might be three days and they could turn into the most loving person you've ever met. You know, we've got to, we've got to look at our world a little differently. You know, Ananias had to change his mind about Saul. I mean, notice what Ananias... First of all, Ananias had some... Whatever. He had some inner strength. I can't say the word that came to my head. So, <laughs> all you men know what I was going to say. Okay, so... <clears throat> I mean, he had, he had some, something going on here where he's like going, I'm going to show up. I mean, this guy is the guy that's killing people and arresting people. And he has to trust that he's heard the right vision and he's going to go to the right house. It's the, this guy named Judas's house on Straight Street, just in case God was, he wasn't sure which Judas. God told him exactly where to go. And he shows, he has to show up there and go, is this guy really going to change? What's going to happen to my life? I mean, he risked his entire life to go pray for Saul. But when he shows up, what does he say right away? He addresses Paul. He says, Brother Saul. So right away, he was declaring, You're part of my family. I mean, it's powerful. It's a powerful statement right away. He could have showed up and said, Hey man, what's up? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pray for you. Can you please not hurt me? <laughs> you know? Uh, but but he says, look, I'm going to I'm going to do what God says and I'm going to see what happens. And he prays for Saul. Saul's delivered. Saul's set free. Saul is filled with the Holy Spirit. Saul speaks in tongues. We know he does that because later he says, I speak in tongues more than all of you. When he's baptized in the Holy Spirit there, he is he gets the fullness of the baptism. And it says after that, we hear nothing about Ananias ever again. We never hear about this guy again. Yet his one thing that he did for God, I'm sure he did more than one. This is just the only one we know about. But man, if this is the only thing Ananias ever did for God, it changed the course of history. I mean, it's amazing to think about it, that just one person that you're praying for, you don't ever know who they're going to change, who they're going to touch. Man, we were so reminded this on our trip to Poland that was just one of the holy moments where we look out and we see all these young people. And for those of you here that were here last week, you heard our testimonies just talking about them. You know, you think about all these kids are in all these different villages and towns and cities kind of spread out and mostly the western side of Poland. And, you know, they're in this country that, you know, just 30 years ago was totally close to the gospel, was consumed with communism and was just like a totally different world. And they're coming out of that and the gospel is coming to this country and the church is beginning to grow there. And you're like, who are some of these kids going to be you don't ever know you don't ever know who these kids are going to be you don't ever know who someone you're ministering to is going to be you can't you can't see where they're at right now and go i don't know i mean that's what you know what most of us before god gets a hold of us guess what everybody was thinking about us i don't know <laughs> i don't know about that one what's what 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 is this world coming to Oh, the millennials. Oh, the millennials. Come on now. What are they going to be? They're getting old, by the way. The millennials are getting old. They're like turning 30 and stuff. So <laughs> they're, having, they're having babies. They're having families. I mean, there's another generation behind them. Hey, what, what are we going to do with them? What is God going to do with them? Hey, what if one of them's like Saul? What if one of them's like, like Billy Graham? What if one of them's like whoever you can think of in your life? You don't ever know 
who you're praying for. So if there's one person in front of you that God says, go pray for them. That might be the most holy moment in your life that you've ever had. And you may not even know. We, it, you know, I mean, God gives Ananias. He says, look, I'm going to send this guy to the Gentiles. He's like, okay, whatever. I mean, Ananias doesn't know what that means. He's probably, you know, he's probably just a regular guy. It doesn't say that this guy was a leader. It doesn't say that he was a pastor. It doesn't say that he was anybody. He had no title. He's just Ananias. And he shows up and all we know is he can hear God and he obeys God. And he's willing to take a risk to minister to someone. To pour into their life and say, I'm going to do what God says and I'm going to see what, see what God does. Kim Pinter said it and we keep saying it over and over again. You do the natural, God does the supernatural. It was totally natural for Ananias to show up. He just said, I'm going to go there, I'm going to lay hands on him, I'm going to pray a prayer. And then God did the supernatural. He healed Saul and he filled him with the Holy Spirit and then he did amazing things with him. I mean, half the New Testament wouldn't exist if Ananias didn't do what God said. I mean, I know we think, oh yeah, God would have sent somebody else, right? He would have sent somebody else. But it says that Saul had a vision that a man named Ananias would come pray for him. (laughs) You don't ever know what God's doing in someone's life before you show up. What if they've seen you in a dream? I mean, I'm, 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 I'm saying God's, at, God's doing the supernatural stuff. For, I mean, he's, he's always in the business. I'm reading the book of Acts right now, so I'm, I'm being reminded of that, that, that everything that happens with the people of God in the book of Acts, there's supernatural stuff going all over the place. There's healings, there's visions, there's, there's God showing up into people's lives, there's light breaking into darkness, there's miracles, there's persecution there's hard times there's people dying there's all all this that's the church right there that's the christian life the book of acts is the christian life if you want to know what the christian life looks like you have to look at the first christians and they weren't even called christians yet in this chapter they didn't even know what that word was uh, we've got a, a preconceived notion about what that is, and sometimes people in our nation have a preconceived notion about what that is. So if you want to, don't use that term. Use whatever term you want. I just, I just say, yeah, I follow Jesus. Are you a Christian? Yeah. What do you mean by that? <laughs> if you mean certain things, no, I'm not. I'm not a Christian. You're like. If you just quote your pastor on that one line, it sounds really weird. Okay, don't tweet that one thing. Okay, but if, if, if it means certain things, if it means, hey, you're a judgmental person who does not care one thing about me, then no, I'm not a Christian. If that's what it means to you, that's not who I am. Now, if it means somebody who's got the fire of the Holy Ghost and wants to see God do something amazing in your life, okay, if that's what a Christian is to you, yes, I am. I'm a Christian, a mighty, mighty Christian. <laughs> We don't know who we're praying for. We don't know who's in our house. You know, I'm still amazed. I think back uh, to a guy in our youth group, and I know I've told the story a hundred different times, but it's one of, those, one of those times where we had this little youth group, and uh, it was really crazy. When I showed up to be the youth pastor in Austin, uh, well, it was like five years ago, okay, or like 20 four years ago or whatever, um, <clears throat> there was no youth group, there was no teenagers, there was no youth in the church, and then 
basically what happened was this. There was this, there was this mom who had about 20 kids that were coming to hang out at her house and she's doing a Bible study. She's like, I can't do this anymore. Somehow she met up with someone in our church and said, hey, can, we, can you do something for these kids? They, they just, some of them are coming from all kinds of different places. And they're like, yeah, we just got a youth pastor. He, he, knows, he knows nothing. <laughs> Send him over. <laughs> he's, he's like, he just barely turned 21. Some of them were 17 and 18 and 16 crazy what were we thinking uh so like all these 18 17 and 16 year old kids they show up with me and my brother and his future wife and we're like okay we're gonna do do youth group and we start doing stuff with them and man it was it was we had nothing in common with these kids i mean i'm like i was never i've never been cool okay <laughs> i've never <laughs> I mean, marrying Ashley was the coolest thing I ever did. Okay, that's the closest I've gotten. Okay, that's the, that's how I became cool. But I mean, like these kids were like, you know, like they were into things that I'm not, not wasn't into, and you know, we didn't know what we were doing. We we started, you know, just playing worship and teaching the Bible. That's all we knew how to do. And then every once in a while, we'd do something fun. Sometimes you'd end up at a movie that you didn't know you would end up with. I mean, I saw uh, what was that? Never mind. I saw, we saw some movie that you're like, why did we take these kids to that movie? They're like, oh, it's, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I'm like, well, it's not our. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't like bad. It was just the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was a movie based on a video game <laughs> uh, from the late 90s. So, I mean, we did all kinds of crazy stuff. And, you know, some of the kids stuck around. Some of them are like, we don't want anything to do with this. But there was one kid that his life was forever changed. And his name was John David Vasquez. He even came to live with us. Some of you have never heard this story, so I'm like telling you for the first time. Like his mom let him live with two single guys who were 23 and 21 for his senior year of high school. I mean, either she was on something or that was God, okay? I mean, think about that. Parents, how many of you would do that? Uh, you have a 17-year-old, 17 turning 18-year-old kid, and you're going to let him go live with two single guys who live across from the high school in Leander. I mean, he knew that we were on, you know, a youth pastor and the worship leader at a church. I mean, but still, you think back and you're like, that's just crazy. <laughs> I'm not letting my kid do that. I'm not letting him move in with any youth pastor. <laughs> Since he's not here today, I'm going to say that. So, I mean, but, you know, God just does this stuff. We didn't know who this kid was. We didn't know what he was going to turn, in, turn into. And so he just lived with us. We didn't do anything special. We just, he got to see what, like, 21 and 23-year-old Christian single guys live like. Some of it was probably good. Some of it might not have been good, but he got to see it all. And that was, like, the best discipleship of his life. Now, God took him away from us, and then he took him all kinds of places. Uh, he's a leader of a, mini- a worship ministry school in Austin now. He's played with Jesus Culture and IHOP and Misty Edwards, and he's, you know, he's got connections with every worship leader. He's connecting worship leaders all throughout the city. I mean, he's a guy, everybody knows him. Anybody who's involved in the worship of Austin 
I, I see a picture of him with all these people. He's like, oh, I'm with this person. And he goes and he supports those people. He'll sometimes show up and just say, I'm just here. I'm just here to support what you're doing. And it, he's been one of the keys. There's been a few others. There's been other pastors that have brought churches together. In Austin, there's like 50 churches that, that are in unity praying. They, take, they each take one day of prayer. And they have 24-7 prayer going in Austin right now. They have, they're, they're worshiping together. The churches are coming together. Again, it's not perfect. There's stuff, there's people that are, there's division. There's different things going on. There's still sin. There's all kinds of stuff. But, but you don't ever know who you're praying for. We didn't know John was going to turn into that. We just, he was just a kid in the youth group. And we're like, okay, we'll teach you how to play guitar. All we did was do what we knew how to do. Let's teach you a few worship songs here. And then he would sit in his room. That guy would practice the guitar for like 10 hours a day. I mean, he would just play that thing forever. And now God has taken him and his guitar all over the world. He's been in Japan recently. He was in Israel uh, doing worship in Israel. He's in this Japan with these people going crazy for Jesus. You see these videos and you're like, what can God do with one person? And so my question to you is this, who... In your life, is God calling you to pray for, to pour into, to love? What if they're a Saul who becomes a Paul? In, in church, and myself included, we get confused because we want to do the big, the big splashy thing, right? We want to do the big, I mean, I love the big, you know, camp, boom, where you have everybody jumping around and dancing. We want to have the the packed service of whatever going on, people going crazy for Jesus. And those are important, absolutely. I'm not saying we stop those things. But sometimes the thing that's the huge thing is the one person. What if there's one person that you're called to reach? And they reach a thousand people. But you're just doing what God tells you to do. It's not flashy. Ananias didn't know he was going to show up in the Bible. I mean, he didn't know we'd be talking about him today. But he's there. And he did what God called him to do, and then he disappears. And can you imagine, man, when Ananias gets to heaven, (laughs) when he got to heaven, he's he's not alive anymore. (laughs) When When he got to heaven, man, there's a great welcome. He probably saw all these people, they're like, they're like, thank you, thank you. Like, who are you? I never met you. He's like, no, but Paul met me. Hey, Paul, Paul came to my city. 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 <laughs> you know, I may not do anything else, but man, John David Vasquez, oh, he's in Japan. Oh, now he's in Israel. Oh, I think he's going down to Colombia or Peru or somebody or somewhere in South America pretty soon. Oh, yeah, he's been to Ireland. Oh, he's been to uh, Eastern Europe. Yeah, he's, he's been to some different places. Uh, and he's singing about Jesus. He's living the life for Jesus. And you know what? Here's the deal. My brother and I, we're going to get to heaven. There's going to be people that are going to tell us thank you. And we're gonna be like, who are you? They're like, hey, John met me. John met me. And all I did was do what I knew to do. All I can do is do what I know to do. And, and not ignore the one person that's in front of me. Not just the one thing that God is calling you to do. So, 
maybe that's the real message today is that I need to get my plans from him and change my plans. You know, uh, real quick, Peter in chapter 10, you know, Peter has a change of plans. It says that Peter is on the roof and he has a vision. It's the theme right now, I guess. Peter has a vision and the animals come down and he hears a voice that says, kill and eat. And Peter's like, I'm a good Jew. I've never killed and eaten any of those animals. They're all unclean. The vision happens three times. And the voice says, hey, don't call anything unclean that God has made clean. And so then somebody shows up uh, at his door. There's three guys knocking. And he hears the voice of the Lord. The Holy Spirit says, go with those men that are at the door. That's it. Hey, go with them. Okay. And it's interesting, I'm reading in a different translation for my Bible reading right now, just to change it up. It's the HCSB, Holman Christian Standard Bible, or CSB, Christian Standard Bible now. Um, and it says this, go without any doubt. In the NIV, it says go without hesitation. But it says go with no doubts at all, something like that. And I was like, man, that's such a good word. When God speaks to you, go with no doubts at all. And so Peter had a change of plans. He, he ended up in a place. He shows up at their place and says, why am I here? <laughs> and they're like, well, we had a vision. <laughs> and in the vision, the angel told us where you, lit, where you were staying and that we needed to have you come here. So that's all we know. So both people show up, they're all together, they're like, we don't know what we're here for, but God told us we're supposed to be here. And so Peter just says, well, let me tell you what I know. Here's what I know. This is Jesus, here's who he is, here's what he did. And it says, while he was still speaking, the Holy Spirit shows up, and they're all baptized in the Holy Spirit, and everything changes from that point on. Now the Christians are not just Jews, now they're people who are non-Jews, who are Gentiles. Because of this one change of plan, most of us are here today. Because before that, even though they had been filled with the Holy Spirit, I mean, it's possible to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be doing the work of God, and still not see everything. They still, they didn't even see all this whole gamut of people that was going to open up. They were still just like, this is for the Jews. Jesus is the king of the Jews. He's the savior of the Jews. He's the Messiah. And it took a change of plan where, where Peter shows up. He says, I'm not even supposed to be in your house. But God sent me, so I'm coming. And he did exactly what God said. <sighs> Doors open. Doors fling wide open. Clears the way for Paul, for Saul to become Paul and do what he was called to do. And begin to see people come into the kingdom of God. That's good. <clears throat> so, that's good enough. <laughs> we can keep preaching, but we'll stop. So, here, here's the deal. I want us to just take a second. Just kind of like listen to the Lord. I want us to just let God speak to us for just a moment. And He can speak to you about anything. But go ahead and ask Him. Hey, Lord, is there anybody you need to show me right now? Maybe you'll just hear their name in your head. Maybe you'll see a picture of them. Maybe you'll have a vision right now, God showing you of where you're going to meet them, where you're going to see them, where you need to go see them. I don't know. 
But right now, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to speak to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for showing us people that you're calling us to take just a little bit of extra time with. Whether it seems easy or hard, Lord, we choose to just surrender to you. Help us, Holy Spirit. We need strength. We need wisdom. Lord, help us believe that you're actually talking to us right now. There's some, there's some in here who they heard something and right away they're like, that probably wasn't God. And so I come against that lie that would say, that's not my voice, and say, Lord, make your voice clear. But every other voice that's not you be quiet in our, in our minds, in our, in, our, in our hearts, in our emotions. Thank you, God, for letting us, your people, hear your voice clearly. Lord, if we can hear you, we can obey you. And Lord, I just thank you for preparing the way. Lord, that, that our eyes and ears would be open for people. Lord, that we'd be like Ananias. We would just be ready. If you say, hey, go, go see that hateful person, you're like, God, that person hates all kinds of things. And you're just going to say... But you go. But you go to them. And that we just go and do what we're called to do. And we see what you can do with just one person. We honor you today, Lord. We bless you. We thank you for showing us supernatural things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you need to write that person down, write that person down. <laughs> if you're not going to, if you're going to, don't, don't let it go. Don't let that moment go. So be blessed um, as you go. If you need prayer for anything, we're still available to do that. And we'll see you sometime soon, Wednesday or sooner. <laughs>